Hey guys, welcome to my channel. My name is Dr. Tom LeHue, and I want to thank you for stopping by this channel today. Um, in the description below is a link to my website, TomLeHue.com, where I do book coaching appointments. Uh, if you want to know more about your Enneagram type or working through relationship difficulties, um, whatever, just reach out to me and uh, book an appointment, and I'd love to meet with you on Zoom or Skype or whatever. Also, there is a link on my website to our certificate programs in Enneagram Coaching and Enneagram Relationship Coaching. If you're interested in taking what you're learning and um, taking it to the next level and helping people, I'd love for you to consider jumping into one of those programs. Start dates are always on the website um, with upcoming start dates. I'd love for you to, if you're interested in that. Thank you to my patrons. I really appreciate your support. Okay, today I want to talk to you about a subject that is not easy to talk about. It's not something I'm comfortable talking about, but it's something that is needed. And my guess is, is this video will either end up probably the lowest watched of all of my videos or the other extreme. It'll be the most watched of all the videos. It could go either way. I want to talk to you about pornography. Um, why do I want to talk to you about this? Not because I'm comfortable talking about it, because I'm really not, um, but because I think it is necess necessary. I think it is needed. I had a discussion uh, several uh, uh, days ago with someone about this issue, and you know, it got me thinking about it. Like, I need to talk. I need to make a video about this. I need to just put my thoughts down. I don't think I'm going to solve the problem. Okay. I don't think I'm going to give you every answer that you need um, in this. I'm not going to be exhaustive in any way about this. It's one of those things like I don't want to know much about it. I don't want to be an expert in this subject. I don't want to have, you know, like all of, uh, all of the data and all that. I, I don't want to give it any more thought than I have to. So I don't want to approach this subject like, you know, I need to do a bunch of research on this. I don't. I, I, I know enough to know it's dangerous and that people are struggling with it. And it's not just guys that are struggling with it, but uh, people from all walks of life and uh, all kinds of backgrounds are struggling with pornography in, in some way. I wanna, before I get started, I wanted to recommend a book to you, Every Man's Battle by uh, Stephen Otterburn and um, Fred Stoker. So Every Man's Battle, and of course there's lots of versions of it now, Every Young Man's Battle even every woman's battle. And you might find a whole lot more, when something's successful, you know, it takes off and they write 15 books uh, about it. So there is, there are resources out there. Maybe there's even better ones than that. <clears throat> but I like that title, Every Man's Battle. Um, I, want, I want to begin this subject um, and, and just kind of go wherever my brain goes. I usually let my brain sort of lead it. Um, ENFP, but let, let me, let me, let's, let's talk about this. Okay. Let's just try and talk about this in a logical, healthy, balanced sort of way. Um, pornography is one of those things that surrounds us. It's like we swim in this aquarium and it's everywhere. Okay. Um, walking out of the grocery store checkout line. Um, when you, pull up a news website, whether it's Fox News or CNN, um, you know, somewhere on that page is going to be somebody dressed provocatively. Some advertisement's going to pop up. It's in commercials. It's uh, certainly in music videos, movies. Um, 
it's now it's even we're talking about it in the education department like introducing it to kids a lot of people would say oh pornography is a very healthy thing probably a lot of psychology majors and a lot of psychology students would say oh it's very natural it's very natural it's a uh, very healthy it's people are curious it doesn't hurt anybody there's no no real victims if people are willing and all this um okay that's not my experience at all now keep in mind you know my my perspective is as a christian pastor okay so um i talk to the people that are addicted I talk to the people whose lives have been broken by it. I talk to the people whose marriages are in trouble. All right? That's who I get to talk to. Um, I'm not an advertiser. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, well, it really works to capture people's attention and get more clicks. I, I'm not that person. I'm the person that gets to clean up the mess that pornography leaves behind. Okay? So I just want to have a thoughtful discussion about this topic and just kind of give you my perspective on it and maybe something that I say will inspire you, maybe something I say will help you in some way if this is a problem for you, if this is something that you're, uh, you know, I, I don't even want to say you want to overcome because there's a sense in which if you wanted to overcome it, you would already be done with it, okay? What I think what you what people mean is I want to want to not be addicted to this. I want to want to not uh, be looking at these images or be watching these videos or whatever. However, the means is that you're getting it, whether it's on the phone or computer or, you know, whatever. I want to want to not be addicted if you wanted to not be addicted, you could just shut off the sores. I mean, that's ultimately the solution, right? It's kind of like a diet. If you're overweight um, and you want to lose weight, actually probably you want to want to lose weight um, because who's in control of eating for you? You are, you're in control of it. Um, and you are deciding every day that it's more comfortable to be overweight than it is to be thin. It's more pleasurable to, to overeat than it is to tell yourself no. That's painful to tell yourself no. You're in control of what you decide to do. So there's a sense in which if you wanted to be done with something, then you would just be done with it. But I think what people mean is when they say they want to overcome an addiction, whether it's alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, painkillers, pornography, what they really, I think, mean is I want to want that. I, in my good moments, I want to be free from this. But then in my other moments, I really just want, you know, to participate in this. Now, why, why is pornography dangerous? Why is it harmful? Well, it doesn't hurt anybody. I mean, those people are getting paid for making it. And, you know, I'm not actually having an affair. I'm not actually cheating on. Okay, why is it dangerous? Well, first of all, maybe we should just say, why is it appealing? Why is it appealing? Why, why would somebody want to view pornography? Why? I mean, well, the first answer is people would say, well, it's pleasuring. It's, it's pleasurable. You know, um, it feels good. Um, 
Okay, but see that definition, that reason falls short because look at look at the other things like eating cake is pleasurable. Do you sit around and look at pictures of cake? Maybe you do. Um, you know, looking at mountain sceneries, looking at log cabins out in the fall foliage, that's all beautiful too. You know, um, so these images are beautiful. These images are attractive. These images, you know, are pleasurable to look at. Okay, so is cake. So is mountain scenery. So are pictures of new cars. But my guess is you're probably not ever going to get addicted to looking at pictures of cake or beautiful showrooms or of pictures of cars or pictures of the ocean. You might stumble onto them and think, wow, that's really a beautiful sunset picture. And then you click off of it and nothing else is thought about it. You're not addicted. You're not prone to being addicted to it. So I want you to see there's something more going on than just it's pretty or it's attractive. Um, I think that the way God has designed us is that because of sin, we are supposed to wear clothes. We're supposed to cover ourselves. Um, and most people do that pretty well. They cover, we cover ourselves. When do people uncover themselves? Well, of course, when they're getting clean, uh, but that's a private, okay, that's a private moment. But when would you uncover yourself? Now, go back to a Christian worldview here. I'm not talking about in our modern age. Go back to a Christian biblical worldview. When would a man and a woman uncover themselves? Well, when they are going to be intimate with each other. Now, being intimate with each other, um, and I mean sexually intimate with each other, just think that is the absolute sign of acceptance of another person. You are absolutely accepting that other person when you're not wearing clothes and you're being intimate with each other. There's no greater way to accept a person than to physically, sexually accept a person, okay? Literally into yourself, okay? Um, so I think that this isn't just about, I look at pictures because they're pretty. I look at pictures because they're attractive. No, 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 no. I think there's something that God has wired into us that signals acceptance. This other, now it's fake when it's pornography, it's fake, it's not real. But I think our brains are wired to experience the visual image of another person without clothes on as a symbol or a sign of complete acceptance. That's what I want you to see, is it's not just about these pictures are attractive. What is it you're really wanting? Are you really wanting to just look at something that's pretty? Well, then go look at cake. You know, go look at the mountain scenery. I think it's, it's tapping into something that God has hardwired into us. We long to be accepted for who we are. We long to be valued and appreciated for who we are. Most people, many people, may not feel very accepted in this world. They may not feel like other people are really accepting them. Go back to when you were a kid, junior high, and you had to buy a certain brand of jeans or you had to wear a certain brand of shirts or you had to listen to a certain style of music. Not necessarily because that was what was most attractive to you, but because that's what everybody else was accepting. You knew that if you 
listened to this or if you purchased this or if you were wearing this, that somehow you would receive the acceptance or you hope to receive the acceptance of your peers. It feels good to be accepted. It feels good to be wanted. It feels good to be included, even when that is artificial, even when it's completely fake. It still, still feels good to feel like you're being accepted by another person. So I want you to see that there's more going on than just this is attractive or this is, uh, you know, whatever. That it's tapping into this need, this core need we have as lost human beings to be accepted. Ultimately, I think that's we need to be accepted by God. That's what we're ultimately hungry for. So I want you to see there's a hunger here that's being manipulated. You're hungry for something and the marketing of our culture understands this and they supply this false artificial substance that pretends to meet this longing within you that could really only be met in a real relationship. The real longing that you have for acceptance, for love, for intimacy, that's not going to be met in a cover of a magazine. That's not going to be met on a video. That's going to be met in a real relationship. But what do we do? Real relationships are difficult. Real relationships have obstacles and challenges and problems and conflict. And that part is difficult. And so that part is icky. We're going to move away from real relationships because those are challenging. Those are hard. So what do we move toward? Artificial relationships. Artificial. We do it in everything in our culture. Real food grows out of the ground. Real food takes a lot of work to prepare. So we go to the grocery store and what do we buy? Artificial food. We buy food that really isn't food anymore. It's been denatured. It's in brightly colored, brightly packaged preserved boxes. It has pictures of cartoon characters on it. It's coated in sugar and salt and fat. It's been designed in a laboratory to be appealing to us, but does it have any nutritional value? Well, see, real food is difficult to digest. Real food, you chew it, you chew it, you digest it, and it's full of fiber. And... I would rather have the sweet treats than real food. And so the marketing industry plays on our weaknesses and on our legitimate hunger. I want you to see that real hunger is legitimate. God has made you to be hungry so that you will reach out for something to satisfy that hunger. But what our culture does is it presents a thousand other choices for you. I want you to see that that real the real food has been subverted, okay? You need to know that word subversion. The real food has been subverted and alternatives that are artificial, that are highly processed, have been put in its place as alternatives to the real food. Now, bring that metaphor over into relationships. Real relationships can be difficult. Real relationships are full of fiber. You have to chew on them. There's, there's difficulties, there's hardships, there's conflicts. There's, there, you have to come to agreements, you have to negotiate. Real relationships take work. 
Real relationships take work. You have to be present to them. You have to accept the good and the bad and the boring and the difficult. You have to accept people in all of their problems. Real relationships are difficult. That's why people drop out. That's why people quit. That's why people step away from them. Well, I want you to see that pornography and all of those other things, what the Bible would say is sexual immorality, those are all attempts at subversion. Those are all subversions away from the actual, and they are artificial. They're artificial attempts to try to meet this hunger in an artificial way, in a subverted way. Now, imagine that like mom's gonna make dinner, and mom's putting a lot of work, or dad, I'm not, I don't mean to be chauvinistic, but parents are making dinner. They're putting in all this effort, all this work with real food, real ingredients, and they're making a beautiful dinner. But you're hungry now. You're hungry now. I'm hungry now. So you go to the cupboard, and what do you do? You sneak, just like with pornography, you sneak the artificial, and you load up on Oreos and Pop-Tarts and beef jerky, and you, know, you load up on chips and sodas and all of this highly processed artificial food that's not really food. Tastes amazing, because why? It's designed to taste amazing. It's designed for maximum impact to grab your taste buds and to own you, okay? They, marketing companies want to own you. They want you to start out as a child eating their stuff and they want you to continue on through life. So they design this food, quote unquote food, by scientists in laboratories to appeal to your senses. Now, in the real world, the ground doesn't, isn't designed to appeal to all your senses. It's designed to provide you with nutrition. It may or may not taste good. I've never cared for Brussels sprouts. I don't think they taste good. Are they healthy for me? Yes. I should probably eat more of them. But I just want you to see that they're not designed in a laboratory to appeal to my senses, to play upon my weaknesses, and to appeal to my hungers. Okay? But they are real legitimate food that will actually give you nutrition. So, you're over there stuffing your face with artificial food. What happens when, when it's really dinner time? What happens when real food is put in front of you? You no longer have a taste for it. It doesn't appeal to you. Why would I eat this big meal with all of this, you know, hard to chew, uh, lots of fiber, full of vegetables and nutrition? Why would I eat this? Why would I eat broiled salmon and steamed broccoli and, you know, asparagus and baked potato? Now that, to me, that sounds great, right? So if you like real food, that sounds great. But if you've been raised on junk food all of your life, that's not going to appeal to you. You're going to turn your nose up at that. Oh, oh, I can't eat vegetables. Oh, 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 fish, that's disgusting. Oh, that tastes fishy. Oh, oh. You're not going, if you grew up on a diet of chicken nuggets and Pop-Tarts and an iPad, real food is not going to appeal to you. You're gonna turn your nose up at it. Why? Because you're already full. You're already full of what? Artificial high calorie, low content, no nutrition food. And you say, well, it doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't hurt anybody. You're hurting yourself. Do you see that 
because you filled up on junk food, you have no appetite for the real thing. You might not even realize the real thing when you see it. And when you do see the real thing, you have no appetite for it because you've loaded up on junk food. Now, the same thing can be true in our sexual relationships. The real relationship, your marriage, for example, is not appealing to you. Real intimacy between you and your wife, that's boring, that's old-fashioned, that's passe, that's not interesting. Because you've been fed a diet, you've eaten a diet of hyper-over-sexualized, uh, ridiculous, artificial images that could never be realistic. And you say, well, there's no victims in this. Don't you see you're the victim in this? And your marriage is the victim in this. Because no one could ever live up to this artificial, highly processed, made in a laboratory, designed to appeal to your weaknesses. No real relationship could ever live up to these images that you're watching. No real relationship. So what? You have a, a, a taste for the artificial. That is going to what? Spoil your appetite for the legitimate, for the real. You have been subverted. And you don't have a taste for what is real anymore. You have a taste for what is artificial. And that is going to harm and ruin your ability to actually connect with a real person. Imagine if I, if I had candy. Okay, let's do it that way. Imagine I had candy. And I said to you when you were little, you know, you should come visit me. Every time you visit me, I'm going to give you a piece of candy. And of course, you like candy, so you come visit me. Every day, you stop by my house. And every day, sure enough, I give you a piece of candy. And you eat the candy. And you grow up. And you mature. And this is your daily routine to stop by old Uncle Tom's house and get a piece of candy. Every day you take a piece of candy and you eat it. Now you grow and you grow through, through, uh, through teenage years and into your 20s and then now you're into your 30s and you've noticed that no girl is ever attracted to you. Now you see girls and boys, you know, getting together and finding love and finding each other and you think to yourself, what's wrong with me? What, what is wrong with me that... No one wants to be with me. No one finds me attractive. No one wants to have a relationship with me. What have I done to deserve this? What's wrong with me? Why can't I find real love? Why can't I find a person that will want to be with me? I guess I just am destined to be alone for the rest of my life. Oh, well, at least, you know, I've got old Uncle Tom. I can stop by his house and he'll give me a piece of candy every day. And then let's suppose somebody takes you aside and they say, hey, do you know that guy, your Tom, that uncle of yours? He's not a friend of yours. And you just go, what are you talking about? Every day he gives me a piece of candy. No, 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 no. That candy, it's got a curse on it. What? Yes. That candy, he's put a curse, a potion. It's been made with a potion, a spell. There's a curse, a hex on that candy. And anyone who eats that candy will be rendered uh, unattractive to everybody else. The reason that nobody wants to be with you is because your uncle has been poisoning you with his 
with his cursed candy. You've got to stop eating that candy. Now that's, to me, that is a great metaphor for what pornography is. It's, it appeals to your senses because you've been wired by God to be attracted to the opposite sex or to sex, let's just put it that way. To be accepted, to be included, to be wanted. God has wired you to be a sexual being. Now, the enemy, he plays on that, takes that good intention that God has created, and then subverts it for evil. Now, imagine that the old devil says, you know, I'll give you this pornography, and you can look at it anytime you want, and you can engage with it as much as you want, to whatever level you want. It's not going to hurt you in any way. But what it's going to do is it's not going to help your relationships. It's going to destroy your relationships. I mean, let's just take the average couple. I know there's exceptions to this rule, but let's just come out and let's just tell your wife or tell your husband, oh, by the way, I look at pornography every day. What's that going to do to your marriage? What's that going to do to your relationship? Let's suppose that you're not married. You're just dating somebody. And so on your first date, you know, the young girl asks you, well, what are your hobbies? What do you like? What are you into? And let's say you lead with, well, I spend three hours a day viewing pornography. Okay, um, let's just start with that. What, where do you think the conversation's going to go? Now, I know there's going to be exceptions and there's going to be, well, I love pornography too. Let's get together and watch it. I realize there's going to be those exceptions. But I just think let's go back to the average couple, just people, right? You're not going to lead with that. Why? Um, well, probably because you're ashamed and embarrassed and you, uh, you don't want to, you don't want to tell people about that. It's something that you are not proud of and you would like to overcome. You want to want to not be addicted to it. Okay. Um, so what happens when she, what happens when he, what happens when they find out that, you know, you're staying up all night viewing pornography? There's probably going to be problems. Um, in fact, they might even feel like you're cheating on them, like you're not being faithful to them, like you are, you know, hiding and not being open and honest with them, and you're being deceitful, and you're you're attracted to all these other. Well, what if you're if you'll look at those, then maybe how will how do I know that you won't actually you know go have an affair? How do I know that? You've been hiding this. I want you to see that it's it's poisoning your ability to have a healthy relationship. It's it's not, let me put it this way, pornography is not giving you anything. It's not giving you anything. It's stealing from you. It's robbing from you. It's not just, well, it's bad, it's dirty, it's gross, you need to say no because it's bad. Okay, there's grandma's wisdom. That might not be enough for you. Um... I want you to see that it's more than just it's bad, it's wrong, it's dirty, don't look at it. I want you to see there's more at stake here. It's robbing you of your ability to connect intimately with another person. It's stealing from you. The Oreos, you feel like they're giving you something, but what they're doing is they're ruining your appetite for what real food tastes like. It's robbing you. Now, when will you quit? 
I don't think you'll quit because you're ashamed. I don't think you'll quit because you're embarrassed. I don't think you'll quit because you're going to get caught. I think you'll only really quit when you get angry. When you get angry enough, that's when you quit. Think about losing weight. Just looking at somebody thin and saying, well, they, they really, that I should look more like that. I'm kind of embarrassed by this spare tire. Hmm. That's not enough. Uh, maybe getting scared, you know, going to the doctor and I don't like these numbers. That might scare you into losing some weight. But really, things change in life, like your weight or your finances. They really change in life when you get angry. When you just say, you know what? I'm sick and tired of this. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. I, I can't take it. That's when life changes. Now, some Enneagram types have a real hard time allowing themselves to get angry about anything. So it's hard for them to change anything in life when you don't let yourself get angry about stuff. Some types maybe get angry too soon. Um, but I think you have to get angry at this. Why would you get angry at it? Because it's robbing you. Because it's, it's ruining your appetite for a real relationship. And it might ruin any possibility of even having a real relationship because if the other person were to find out that you're spending two hours, three hours, $20, $50, $100 engaged in this, they might just back away and say, ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody that's, that's doing that. I want you to get... I want you to see what it's taking from you. I want you to see that it is artificial, that it is subversive, and it's ruining your ability at real intimacy, real relationships, and robbing you. Then maybe you'll get angry at it, and you'll say, gosh darn it, I'm sick and tired of this. I'm angry at it. It's robbing me. It's stealing from me. It's not giving you anything. It's taking from you. Now, could I go farther with this um, from a Christian perspective, from a biblical perspective? Could I go farther than this? Could I say more about this? Um, I think that, you know, the enemy could use this, the devil, when I say the enemy, I mean Satan. The enemy could use this to defeat you to get a foot in the door and make you believe you're a bad person or you're a, you're a, a immoral person, a sinful person, therefore God can't love you because look at you, look what you've done, you've gone too far, you, you know. And I think the enemy loves to do that. He tempts us. Think of the devil as a credit card, okay? You use a credit card, at least in the old days, you use a credit card because you don't actually have money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, you don't actually have enough money to purchase the item, but you want it anyway, or you need it anyway, so what do you do? You use a credit card. The credit card gives you the opportunity to have things that you don't deserve. That's what the credit card does. The credit card doesn't actually, isn't actually a product. It doesn't actually make products. It just gives you access to products that you shouldn't have access to. That's all a credit card does. It gives you access to things that you don't deserve. If you deserved it, you could pay cash for it, but you can't pay cash for it, so you have to use a credit card. The devil is like that. He wants to give you access to the things that he himself has not created. Only God is the creator. Who created sex? God did. Who created the woman's body, the man's body? God created this. God created marriage. All of it's his design. 
The devil does not create any of these things, and he can't give you anything because he doesn't own anything. It's not his to give. God's the creator. But what does the devil do? He tells you that God's rules aren't right and that he's just holding out on you. He doesn't want you to know the pleasures of these things. And if you'll just take his road and you'll just use his credit card, you can have access to these things right now. At least in some way, you can have access to this right now. What would God say? You don't deserve it. If you're not married, you don't deserve it. You need to make the commitment. You need to commit yourself to this person. And then in that context, then you can enjoy sexuality in that committed context. But the devil says, nah, nah, subversion. Subversion is, let me remove the the real, the actual, and let me present alternatives in its place. And so our world is filled with all kinds of alternatives to God's design. Pornography is one of those alternatives. And so the devil says, you can have access to it right now. You can enjoy this right now. And you do. And then what? Well, at first, at least, you feel guilty. Because you have a conscience. God has put a conscience in you. And you feel guilty. Look, the enemy isn't trying to give you anything. He's trying to send you a bill of what you owe. That's the goal. The enemy wants you to be owing something. So, you know, your credit card company doesn't actually give you anything. They give you access to things. And then what do they do? They send you a bill with interest. They never forget what you purchased. They always remember what you've done and they add interest to it. That's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy is called the accuser of the brethren. So he tempts you to sin and then when you do it, what? He then accuses you and says, God can't love you anymore. God couldn't forgive this. This is too much. You call yourself a believer. You call yourself a Christian. Look what you just did. Look what you just participated in. You can't live this Christian life. You should quit. You should give up. You should stop pretending. You're being hypocritical. You should just give up and just give in. You know you don't really want to try anymore. Just give up. It's unlivable. And so you give up. And you know, there's a sense in which the Christian life is unlivable. Except Christ already lived it. Christ lived the Christian life. And I'm not saved by my life. I'm saved by his life. My trust and my faith in his life and the way he lived and died and rose again, that's what saves us, not my ability to live this out. I'm just tired of being fooled. I'm just tired. I'm tired of you being fooled. I'm not saying you need to get rid of this so you can be a better person so you can go to heaven when you die. You don't go to heaven because you give up pornography, okay? I'm not saying you need to give it up so you can be a good person because we need good people in our society, not bad people. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you need to get angry at how you've been subverted away from what will actually bring you real joy, happiness, contentment, God's design. Get angry at how you've been fed an artificial diet, which ultimately could never satisfy or fulfill and may jeopardize and ruin any attempts that you ever have at having a real relationship. Okay, well, I think I probably beat that horse to death. Um, and I want to say to you, if you are struggling with pornography, um, we get it. 
I think when people tell me that, they're surprised that I don't go, oh, mm, I'm gonna write this down. Bob struggles with pornography. Hey, everybody avoid Bob. I think they're surprised when I don't respond that way. I tend to respond like, dude, I get it. It's everywhere. It's like snakes in the wilderness. You can't turn around without one of them being there. Um, it's there. And it's, it's, it's like seeds in a watermelon. I mean, you, you, you bite into a watermelon, you're going to get seeds. You got to learn to spit the seeds out. You know, you got to learn to accept the good, keep the bad, keep that, that stuff away. I think don't be overly shocked and surprised like, oh my goodness, that's, that's terrible. I can't talk to you anymore. I think that keeps us from opening up and really getting any help. Uh, because maybe you're embarrassed. Maybe you're afraid to tell somebody. Maybe you'll think they'll shame you or maybe they'll think you're a bad guy or you're creepy or whatever. And I think when I respond to people like, I get it, I understand, let's help each other. You know, let's encourage each other. Let's, uh, let's strengthen one another. Um, it tends to be a lot more helpful to guys and I don't work with girls on this. Somebody, some other lady will have to work with girls. I only, we only help guys with this, with this subject. Um, okay. All right. Well, thank you guys. I will see what happens. Like I said, this video is probably either going to tank. I don't care. The people that need to find it, I think we'll find it. Or it's going to probably be, you know, everybody's going to think, oh, this is the most hell. I need to share it with everybody. If somebody shares this video with you, that's kind of scary, isn't it? What do they, what do they think about you? All right. Well, be present to life, guys. And uh, I'll see you next time. We're in this together.